I love that. Well, good afternoon, and you may be hearing it later in the day by the time this goes live, but this is Lauren Calloway with Untethered with Low, and uh, a little bit about me. I am a business and wellness coach, and I do coaching, events, marketing, web development, social media management, graphic design, PR, um, but I'm also a wellness teacher, and so I teach yoga and do sound healings and just really provide this whole um, mind, body, spirit alignment opportunity, and so you can expand in your business. And one of the ways that I love uh, supporting my community is by creating opportunities for others to um, shine and to get their message out there. And so uh, again, uh, leaning with the next segment that we're doing, um, I've got Lisa on with me today. And Lisa, would you like to tell everybody who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. So first of all, super excited to be here, Lauren, and actually like meet you for real. Um, we've only chit-chatted a little bit um, via social media, right? Over the last couple of days. So I always love meeting new people um, kind of with that really positive energy. So, so thank you for having me. I love that. Um, I am so a little about me. I am a mom of three adult boys um, married to my high school sweetheart. I know that's really cliche, but uh, we made it work 35 years. We'll be celebrating um, this August. Right. So um, wow, that makes me feel old. Um <laughs> That's what I'm, I, I don't know about everybody else, but that's something I dream of, you know, that long lasting love. So no, like love, love hearing that thing. Yeah, you. it is. It is pretty, um, it's pretty cool to be married to your best friend and like grow up alongside of them. So that's been a really cool, um, a really cool journey. You know, I've wore a lot of hats through my time, um, my 55 years here on this earth. And so many of them never fit. They were hats other people thought I needed to wear. And through the years, I've just figured out, no, those weren't my hats. That wasn't fun. They were too tight. They were too big. They were all the things. And, you know, um, it's been quite the journey. Um, I really battled through some things that I think so many, especially women, battle through, um, being told that, you know, maybe you're not enough, or maybe you feel like you're not enough. And I've just really came out on the other side of that through a lot of, um, grit, a lot of determination, a lot of drive, um, a lot of stubbornness, a lot of counseling. Um, I've come out on the other side and I've really succeeded. And I just love to share with people the, the journey of, you know, you, you aren't who your circumstances told you you should be, but your circumstances definitely help develop who you can be. Um, and just because you were born into single family, low income, doesn't mean you can't jump out on the other side and have your own business and succeed and, you know, make a six, seven uh, figure income um, and impact others along the way. So that's kind of my 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 elevator pitch, I guess. I love that, and it's so it's so important um, because we've talked about this already. That that's kind of the same. We parallel in that in that respect, where um, you know, I, I'm sure like you, we didn't come from a house with money. Uh, no. no. <laughs> 
I personally didn't come from parents who were super present and engaged in my life. Um, and then, um, because of that, you know, that fluctuates that, that creates a lot of opportunity for mishaps and misfortunes to come through. But as we grow up, you and I probably know that those mishaps and misfortunes were what brought us exactly to where we are. 100%. Well, tell me about, tell me about your childhood. Tell me, tell me about the mishaps because sure. people will say often, like, I don't want to hear that somebody went through the same thing as me, but knowing that you're not alone should, should really light you up. And even though you and I will say the same thing. I want to hear, I want to know you and yeah. I want to know how you've grown through what you've grown through. So please just tell us about your childhood and those, sure. you know, it's, it's so I was brought up a uh, single mom. I don't ever remember my parents married. I I don't even know. I think maybe they got divorced when I was three or four. Um, and my mom was, she's now passed. She passed in 2017, but she was probably one of the, looking back, one of the hardest working women um, I've ever met. Um, but you know, we grow, grew up in low income housing. Um, I thought everybody ate hard boiled eggs, excuse me, hard boiled eggs for dinner. Right. I didn't know that not everybody had just ate buttered noodles for dinner. Um, you're, you're shaking your head, you know, (laughs) And, and I was so, as a young adult, I was so embarrassed of that. Um, but I've really come full circle and embraced that. But so brought up, you know, a single mom, she was doing everything she possibly could to make sure I had the best life I could have. And it, our, our house was filled with love and silly adventures. Um, but I was the typical, you know, latchkey kid, right? I carried my key to and from school every day. I, um, came home every day all by myself. My mom worked most often second shift. Um, so that was hard. Um, but I also didn't know it was hard. If that makes sense. It was just what we did. Right. Um, so it was, um, you know, probably not until junior high when I really started realizing that we were poor and it wasn't, and it was, it was literally just monetarily poor, right? I'll never forget. We met these kids at like a forensics contest and in sixth grade, and we invited them over for my birthday and we lived in this big apartment complex um, and I'll never forget, we had orange shag carpet, right? The, the beautiful shag carpet. And we had these boys and girls over. And after they left, my mom said to me, do you know who that was? And I'm like, I have no idea, mom. Uh, they were, you know, and I named off the names and she goes, well, that boy, his parents own the biggest department store in our town. And that boy, his parents own the biggest construction company in our town. And as she was telling me that, I just felt myself, right, just get little. I was so ashamed. I'm like, how could these people from these big mansions, what do they think of me now? What do Mm -hmm. they think of me coming to this, um, you know, apartment complex with the orange shade carpet, right? And we drove a beat up old um, station wagon. And I just remember 
that was the day it was like my 13th birthday that I realized we were poor. And it took this really fun um, birthday party and it, it was pivotal in everything that was going on, which then led to, you know, people in junior high are just nasty, right? I, I don't know. I don't know about anybody else. My junior high and high school were not, were not fun. I didn't enjoy them. Um, I got bullied a lot. Um, I got locked in lockers. Um, at that time, my mom moved in with her best friend who moved in with her best, a, um, single mom. And so that was in the, in the mid seventies, mid late seventies. And everybody thought my mom was gay and she wasn't, and that wasn't at all acceptable then. So it was just one more, I don't know, hitch in my belt that was a, a mark against me. And it just, it just kept snowballing. And I mean, people were just mean girls. Well, we all know (laughs) teenage girls just are mean anyway. Um, but it just kept snowballing and I just didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I just thought this is all I'm going to be. I'm going to be low, lower middle class. I'm going to just do this. Um, I didn't go to college. Um, at that point, I didn't even know it was an opportunity for me. I was, um, I waitressed for a lot of years. I mean, there's a lot of good that happened as well, right? I married my high school sweetheart. Um, but we also had people at that point telling us you'll never make it. Hmm. You're, you're marrying your high school sweetheart. Who, who does that, that you haven't dated anybody else, all the things. So we had all these things against us and I never had what I called what I thought was a respectable job, right? I was a waitress for many years and I'd have my classmates that I went to high school with come into the restaurant and kind of look down their nose at me and um, just made me always feel less than. And for anybody who has felt that less than, that is the worst feeling in the world. In fact, I'm talking about it now and my heart is racing. I can just go back right to those days. And, but the thing that I never stopped doing, I never stopped wanting to prove I could do better or that I could have more. Um, And even though I always had that drive, I never knew what that truly looked like or how I was going to get there. And um, I mean, we had kids when we were young, we had kids when we were 23 and 25. So there was no money. There was, there was just surviving. Right. But I ended up getting an amazing job just through who I knew. Um, and I always thought that was a terrible way to get anywhere. I always thought you needed to get there by what you did and what you accomplished and the schooling that you had. And I always thought getting a step up because of who you knew was not doing your due diligence or just being lucky or 
I don't know. Until I finally figured it out. <laughs> and, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Keep- you know, and, and once I figured out that I may have came from nothing, but what I did have is I knew how to build relationships. And that was like my gift. It was my light bulb. It was what drove me. Um, and it is what has propelled me into the person I am today. Um, because I truly do like really, really care about people. And I try and make them feel um, as important as they should feel, right? Because I know what it's like not to feel that way. Um, So, you know, fast forward, we raised three boys. Um, It wasn't easy. There was a lot of, a lot of financial difficulties in there. Um, You know, not knowing where we were going to pay the the mortgage or how we were going to pay the light bill, the robbing from Peter to pay Paul. And I think we all go through that. Um, the more I learn about people, you know, I always thought I was the exception to the rule. Um, and then next thing we knew, our kids were getting ready to go to college and we were like, how are we going to pay for that? What does that look like? Um, and we were scared. I didn't, I mean, I was a travel agent. <laughs> how, how am I going to afford that, right? My husband did inside sales. How are we going to do that? But I, we knew in our heart of hearts, our kids needed to have every advantage they could possibly have. So we were like, we're going to figure it out somehow. Yeah. Um, and they all picked private schools to go to, which my husband and I were like, okay that's not a ten thousand that's not a twelve thousand dollar a year um education that's a forty thousand dollar a year education how are we going to get there um and we made it work you know our kids knew a couple of things they knew you need to work hard you need to get your grades where they needed to be and and you needed to take this seriously and mom and dad are here to support you no matter what and you know, we we're blessed. They, they had, they're brilliant. And my husband and I look at each other half the time and we're like, <laughs> I don't know how that happened because neither one of us went to college. And, um, we've always kind of, you know, wished we could have, or wished we would have. And the three kids, they all graduated from college, um, put themselves through. We did, you know, we all paid for it together, all of those things. And, yeah. It wasn't until they graduated from college and my husband and I moved from Wisconsin, tiny, tiny town in Wisconsin to North Carolina as empty nesters. And neither one of us knew like who we were. Um, Did we even like each other? Um, Did, did I even what career did I want to do? Was I going to be this lost little teeny tiny fish in this huge North Carolina, right? Charlotte. Um, And I remember talking with recruiters. We moved here for a job of mine and I was looking for a new job, however, and talking to recruiters, telling them what I needed to make, what my requirements were, what my education was. And they just told me flat out, Lisa, you're not going to get 
a job that pays what you need it to pay. You don't have a college degree. I can't even get you an interview. And I remember being so defeated going at a 50 years old. I don't have a college degree, but what does that even matter? If I would have had an English degree or a history degree or a degree in basket weaving, whatever, graduating at 24, what would that matter now as a 50 year old? And I couldn't get, I could get an interview initially. I could be seen initially, but then when the road or the rubber hit the road and they found out I didn't have a degree, they were like, I'm out, I'm out. They didn't want to talk to me anymore. Um, talk about frustrating. Talk about always trying to change. I always found I was trying to change myself to fit in. And fitting in is scary. Fitting in is leaving your self at home and showing up as, as an imposter. Um, so I wasn't ever happy. And I found myself really, I don't know, um, sad, depressed, lonely, anxious, and then I didn't. And then I found, I found a great job. They hired me. They told me I was worth all the things, started to give me a little bit of um, the, the confidence I needed. And then I found on a whim um, a business that I could jump into on my own, which was I got into it because my husband was looking for better health options. And he's the guy who does all the research. I do not. I'm just like, okay, I live by the 80-20 rule. I'm going to be honest because I'll eat my salad, but I want my glass of bourbon or I want my glass of wine. Um, and he found he had wanted to take um, some CBD and he didn't know right like how to find it how to find a good one, all the things. And so he asked me, cause I'm a really good private eye, right? I mean, cause I raised three boys. Let's be real. I'm really good um, at digging up stuff, right? And so I found a company and there was something that just told me, Lisa, you should do that. You should jump in and be in the business. And if it turns out to be something great. If it doesn't turn out to be something great, but in the meantime, maybe it'll help Mark feel better. And what I found was, I found me. Um, and yes, my business has been extremely successful. And yes, I've impacted a lot of people's lives and I've helped them feel better. And I've helped them find financial stability but the thing that I found um, for me is I found a community that allowed me to be me. Mm. They didn't care if I had a college degree. And I joke and I say, I've got 13 letters behind my name. So nobody cared that they weren't M, you know, MD or a PA. I've got 13 letters. That's as long as my last name. So hooray for me. So let's just embrace that. But I found this community of men and women that are all about lifting you up, 
um, supporting you. If you don't know how to do your job, it's okay um, because they're going to help you. And maybe they don't know how to do it either. And it has been through that where I've seen the biggest changes in me. Um, my family has seen them. I've lost a lot. I've lost a lot of quote unquote friends um, because they don't like the new me. And that was hard. Um, I've had people really, really close to me say, I don't like this new Lisa. Um, I love you, but I don't like you. Um, and those were things that were like really, really deep down hurtful and really kind of put me back into that less than um, feeling, uh, but through a lot of counseling <laughs> um, and, and talking with others, I have found I'm now able to release that and go, you know what, that was their problem. That's not mine. I need to shine my light. And if I can shine my light and help others along the way, um, then my cup is full. So mm. that's kind of my, my spiel, my, my journey, um, you know, and now I'm all about making sure, especially women, um, especially women coming through with young children or moving into empty nester where we have put all of our energy into helping our family and putting ourselves last and sometimes later than last. Um, and to, to help them understand there is more, there you is are more. more, you are more than just a mom. You are more than just a wife. You are more than that young girl who got bullied and locked in a locker when you were 16. You are this beautiful light. You have this vibration to give to others. Um, you, you have so much to offer. You are so beautiful. Even if you think you are 10, 15, 30 pounds overweight, you are just beautiful and your soul shines. And if I can help one more woman, um, feel that way, then my life journey is good. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, number one, thank you for sharing your story. Oh, you're welcome. Because when we share, you know, we go back to that. We go back to those moments, those experiences. And uh, even if we process them, we still feel them, you know, yes. and, they, and no matter how much we work through them, it probably still will always sting a little bit, you know, but it doesn't have to fully control you. And that's the whole point of, you know, experiencing it and letting go. And your story, just like my own personal story is a lot like yours. Um, but some key things like coming back to the beginning right? As a child, right? You're put in this circumstance that you don't sign up for when we get here, right? <laughs> right? We can't choose our family. All right. And, you know, spiritual people tell you otherwise, but at the end of the day, we don't remember if we do or not. So, you know, true. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like, you know, you come here and you have to experience these um, pre-programmed structures of society and, and their societal pressures is ultimately what you would call them. Yeah. And as a kid, you know, you're just like you were saying, you're just having a good time. You're just exploring your life. 
Um, you're just appreciating the friendships you have. And then our parents do what they do best, which is come in and be a buzzkill sometimes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And like, and then they, their, their program comes into us where it's okay. I I'm not just a kid living my life. It's, oh, I'm a poor child. Yep. hanging out with rich people and maybe I should feel grateful or maybe I should feel less than, but first and foremost, like as parent, I'm a mom too. My son's 14 and, you know, um, and my son and I have gone through tight being overly tight and broke, but I always provided, um, and I always try to make them know, like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, right. it doesn't matter. And like you said, to make the most of things, but you know, we as parents and we, you know, got to stop putting these pressures on our children. If we're broke, we just need to say we're broke, but we're still living our life. You know, we don't need to go, you're broke. You need to feel broke. Right. Kids don't understand that concept. So don't, we don't need to, as parents, put that pressure on them. Like, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm a little tight this week, but you can still go hang out with your friends, enjoy your life. And even if he himself thinks that that's on him at that point, but I'm not saying that you need to not be happy. And so big thing is starting at a young age, we get these programs put in place and these ideas put in place and it doesn't have to be that, you know, Uh, I know recently I've been trying to tell people like, uh, I don't care if you're a millionaire and you're not better than me. It doesn't like, I probably live more life than you. And that doesn't make me better than you, but it makes me more experienced in all these different things. And therefore we're really quite balanced. Even if you have all the money in the world, does it make you better than someone? Um, just because you go to college, does it make you smarter than somebody? Um, you know, we as a society have grown to put these beliefs in and in, into everything. And it's not, they're not accurate and they're not healthy and they're not safe. And um, I really am a big, big advocate for breaking those kind of things down because. I too went to college, uh, was studying aerospace engineering, got into my second year between having like a major and a minor. And, you know, I had my son and I had nobody there to help. And my parents didn't want to help. Like nobody cared. You know, they're like, you know, come take your, your stuff. I'm working, going to school, trying to be a parent. And something had to go. Well, school, yeah. what? You know, and I did great things in college. I worked with NASA. I worked for Ron Paul came in. Like I have all these, oh, cool. all these amazing things. And I know my recent ex- when we talked about the fact that I've been to school twice, I was in school before I moved to Charlotte, but, um, I was in my first semester and then got asked to move to Charlotte to do the work that I do. Cause I'd already owned my business. And so I left because I saw this as an opportunity, a better one for me, um, at the time. And so I was dating a guy recently where he, um, one day we were at lunch and obviously we are no longer together after these conversations, but, uh, you know, he, he's like, well, I, you know, I went to college, so I couldn't, didn't make mistakes. And I said, you're, you're never going to be as good as the person who actually make mistakes because now I, it's deeply embedded in me that this is a mistake, but th- it's not a mistake. It's an opportunity to learn and grow. And then these are the options that you have from that mistake. And, you know, he just had this hoity-toity feel to him to where he thought he was just better than me because he went to college. But mind you, I made more money than him. Right, right. I never, never did a rub it in. Never did a rub it in. You know, I'm not that kind of person. But at the time, I, I'm thinking, I'm, but I make more money than you. And I live a life of freedom where I can travel and do whatever I want because of the business I created where you have to go into office five days a week. I mean- right? 
who's better than not saying I'm better, but who has the ability to live a more fulfilling life right now? Me, the one that right. you're putting down because um, I didn't go to finish college, you know? And he's like, you shouldn't even talk about the fact that you went to college or, and I'm like, why not? I did. I ran clubs in college. I worked for great programs in college. I, I did a lot of amazing things in college. So why would I not talk about it? And so like, it goes the opposite, right? Where people who think they're better than you, they don't, they try to discredit you sometimes because one, you, and we, we talked about this, making the impossible seem possible. Exactly. That's exactly right. And, and just because you didn't go to college, right. Doesn't mean you still can't do amazing Absolutely. things in the world. Um, it's, it's not for everybody. And like you said, and, and here you are having the conversation with him going, not rubbing it in, but thinking to yourself, yeah, I didn't go to college, but I am making a really nice income and I'm able to be present with my son. And I think if we all can wrap our head around having that time freedom is for me much more impactful than a simple paycheck every two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, kind of going into it, like, I think we had talked about like the struggles, right? When you're a single parent or your parents, period, you know, having kids is, is an added expense, but being young and trying to get your lives together and figure out who you are is, is just as much as taxing financially and emotionally and all those things. And so, you know, even now, like I, I was just telling to the, uh, a friend, I said, you know, I was working with this company out here and they, um, they kind of honestly blew their money and kind of wasted a lot of time. And so the holding company I moved out here for, we're not together anymore. And I moved out here for this. And I get a call like, hey, we got to have a talk because like, you know, I it's not working out for us because we have to close down half of our companies because we're not doing well. And, um, and so I go to lose half of my salary, half covered by them, the other half covered by clients that I have outside of them. Ouch. And- Sitting here today, even before we get on, I'm sitting here thinking, man, I got bills I got to pay. I've got, you know, uh, things I've already kind of invested in. I, I mean, there's money out there, but there's money I can't touch because it's just not time. You know, it's it's just not, I'm not allowed to. And so I'm over here, you know, willing to take the stress uh, and worry um, of knowing that what I'm doing right now, no matter how uncomfortable is creating space for the comfortability and the lifestyle I want to keep living. And that, um, at the end of the day, like I'd rather be stressed and a little struggled from time to time to know that I'm going to be happy being free from the confinements of the nine to five and the confinements of having to be somewhere every day. And so, you know, sometimes I was telling Dawn, uh, so when I just did the podcast, I, was, I said, sometimes I want to be under pressure. Sometimes that is where I work best. Oh yeah. Have, have a little bit of a fire under your rear end. I'm a, you know, I, my, my, um, uh, my gem sign as an Aries, as an April baby is a diamond and people look at my life and they're always like, you be doing the most, you know, you know, you're, I'm in this type situation. And I'm like, because I am made and built for pressure. I am made and built to hold a lot. 
And I'm grateful for the space and the shoulders that I care, like have built on this body, you know, the strength that's deep within my soul to be one of those people who advocate for doing whatever you need to do, whatever you feel called to really bring you into a space that feels in alignment. I'm not here to be unhappy anymore. No, because life is life is too short, right? And there, there's too many unhappy people out there that I tr- truly think they're happy being unhappy or that's, <laughs> that's the only thing they know. And I just, I don't have time for for that. I don't have time to be miserable. Um, and I'm with you. It's funny. I think, I think I heard you say an Aries sign, right? Is that what you said? Aries. So I'm an Aries as well. So, so clearly we are meant to have this conversation. Um, and, and cause I'm laughing when you say, you know, you're built to be under pressure. My, my one son had said to me one time at a very late night, early morning conversation, uh, mom, you are just a grinder. And I kind of took offense to that. And I'm like, Cody, that's something nice to say to your mom. And he's like, no, no, mom. What I really mean by that is you just know how to get stuff done. You just figure it out and you just get it done and you just move on to the next thing. And, and if you stumbled along the way, it's okay. You wipe your knees off and you go, well, that didn't work very well. And, and then you try plan B. And so I kind of wear that, like you said, that, that pressure, right. I work best under pressure. I kind of wear that grinder, um, name as, as kind of a badge because that's how, that's how I've gotten where I needed to get. Um, you know, you and I similarly could have sat and wallowed in how things weren't going well. Um, but I didn't have time for that. I needed to literally figure out how I was going to pay the light bill. Um, so you just, you, you figure it out one way or the other. So yeah, absolutely. I, I, I hear you when you're talking about that diamond pressure. It's such a, and, and Don and I talked about it, like the boundaries and the flexibility and fluidity, you know, at some point, if things aren't doing well, then yes, I will set the boundary and go, okay, maybe I need to go find a part-time to go so support or whatever. But in the present moment, I know that if I do the work and get the stuff up that I have sitting here and I've had sitting here through all the grief that I've been through, that the opportunities are endless at that point. But even coming back to the overall conversation around confidence even, right? Because what happens is with the pre-programs of the world, you know, we start to feel the pressure. And then we lose confidence in, in who we are internally. And the big thing is that, and this is where I am, you can't, you can't break me. First and foremost, I said in a, in a, in a video the other day, I was like, just don't come for me because I won't care. If you're trying to attack me or if you're trying to belittle me, if you're trying to make me feel less, I'm just not the one. Cause I'm just going to look at you and be like, I'm actually the best. Good and, for you. and a lot of people I know, like don't have that within them and it's okay. It's, it's okay. But I know I'm supposed to be that representative that reminds people that it I'm I grew up the chunky girl. I grew up without my parents being around. 
Um, I grew up with, with a little bit of money, but most of the time, no money. Um, like, you know, my dad passed away, God rest his soul without anything left to his name. And, you know, there's all the opportunities I created were because I wanted to make sure that my family's good. I'm good. My community's good because I know other people are struggling the way I am. And so, you know, I know I'm supposed to be an advocate for this, like who, who effing cares, you know, like, as long as you're doing the most you can, as long as you're showing up as best as you can, as long as you're not only taking care of yourself, but others, be confident in who you are and what you have to offer, you know, um, because at the end of the day, like, unless people are doing the work for you and taking care of you and all that, maybe that's when you have to be and it's not even drop your confidence, but it, it's a check yourself before you wreck yourself because you have to give credit where credit is due. But in this space where you're over here doing the most and like really nobody's there, but you picking you up off the floor every day, making yep. sure your stuff's taken care of. You can't come in here and put me down, honey, because I am trying. I am trying. And I, whether I'm doing the most or just doing, I'm still getting up and getting progress and, and things done. And so the big thing is the confidence, like don't lose your confidence in yourself because most people who are coming for you are the ones that are insecure and they see the light, they see the fire, they see the passion, they see the motivation. They themselves wish they had that. That's exactly, that's exactly right. Hands down. I mean, if, if, if nobody gets anything else from this conversation that, that the two of us just had, if they get that, if they get that snippet that, you know, just be you and those, those people who are your haters, um, it's not so much that they're hating on you. Um, it's because they have things that they need to work on. Um, I like to say, if you are not here putting my shoes on me, please don't tell me how to tie them. I'm, I'm good. doesn't <laughs> matter if I'm doing bunny ears or if I'm doing, you know, around the tree or however you teach kids to, to tie their shoes these days. However, I'm doing it is right for me and right for my family and is blazing a trail uh, for others to come behind me and do it their way as well. Um, so yeah, if you're not, if you're not here at my house, helping me put my sneakers on, I don't really care how you tie yours. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the thing is, you know, I think what people like you and I do, and I, I have wrote an article called taking the scenic route. And it's a concept of, you know, not taking the traditional way, right. Taking the long way, but still getting to the same exact place as everybody else. And no matter, you know, whether I've had a thousand more bumps in the road, I'm still just as successful as those who, whose parents pay their way through school or kids who had the opportunity had functionality and stability to really take the paths that they wanted to take or had, had the clout, the name of the family. So that way they could get put into those positions. Um, you know, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with either way. Right. There is nothing wrong with either way and kind of going to where you said, you know, there's nothing wrong with nepotism as long as there's a little bit of work for it, you know, it shouldn't be like, you know, I don't have any idea what this is. I'm just going to go in and learn it. Um, and yep. but my dad is a billionaire. So I got the position over someone, you know, but 
at the same time, names matter and who you know is how you grow. And, and it doesn't even mean that that person has to be a millionaire. It just means that that person serves their community, knows people, and by you guys collaborating, creates space and opens doors. Even here today, I know I, know I have a, a good following between all my socials and it's growing and growing, but now I get to collaborate with you. Right. And, and I get to be brought into your space and people get to get to know me through you and you through me. And so, you know, then we're just equally yoking and opening the space up for other people to get to know us as a whole. And so that it's, it's, it's important to not even who, you know, but just connect with people and in a wholehearted way, sharing your experiences, you know, creating space for vulnerability, for truth, for those hard lessons and blessings and those hard topics, you know, um, that people don't like to talk about because, you know, people don't want to hear, you know, the other day I talked about, I don't want to hear a rich person complain to me about money. (laughs) I'm with you. First and foremost. Yeah. But, you know, I'm sitting next to this this guy in Arizona and he's like complaining about, oh, I got to pay $300,000 in taxes and because I make just so much money. And? (laughs) You know, and I looked at him, I said, do you want to know some ways you can offset your tax problem? I said, uh, and I should have got paid for this. I said, "Uh, why don't you look into nonprofits? You donate more money, you get tax write-offs. You know what I mean? And he's like, well, I want to put the money back in my family. I said, did you know that if you help your community, you're helping your family? Good for you. Good for you. I love that. And what did he (laughs) say to that? Uh, And he said, I'm going to look into that. Yeah. I should have just said, write me a check right now for 60 grand. We'd be good. You'll be taxed right off there. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that, well, my whole goal is to become almost a nonprofit in and of itself and working with not just nonprofits, but the community in general. So funding comes in and then I just put funding out. Um, yeah. so I, I just think it's funny because, you know, I, I, I know we need billionaires, but then we also need the, we need the people working in restaurants and, you know, everybody has so much value. And I said it to Dawn, you know, the crack it on the street to the billionaire, everybody has a story. Everybody has lessons and learning things. And so I just, you know, value all of that, but, um, it's really important. I think this next year, uh, as I keep doing this podcast stuff is to really have those conversations that are uncomfortable on all sides, you know, and shedding the light on, um, the fact that we're all, we're all really equal. What I tell people all the time is this, you know, I'm running for president of the United States and in our country, the only people who actually matter to those in office are the ones that are paying their pockets. So if even some millionaires aren't even in their pockets paying. And so we're all equal under if they wanted to come in and tell all of us we're going to concentration camps, guarantee you even Jerry with the $1.5 million house will still be there as well. And he'll be wondering right. why. Because you're yeah. just you're just like everyone else. And so just a gentle reminder to stop judging and to believe in yourself. So important. And we never know what what journey somebody's on, right? I mean, it's just... Um, we, we all do these journeys both together and alone. Um, and, and we have our, our valleys and our peaks. And when you're, when you're meeting somebody and they're, and, and we're automatically judging them. Um, and, and I'm guilty as charged 
Um, I was a big judger for a long time. And um, some of that I think was because I always felt I had to prove myself. So with proving myself, I found myself judging others, which was really counterproductive because I was doing exactly what I didn't want people to do to me. Right. But we're all at a different spot in our journey. So maybe I'm, maybe somebody's just having a bad day. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe they lost three people in the last year and they're just, they just need time to heal. And maybe they're not presenting themselves to you in the way in which you think they should be presenting themselves, but that's not for you to decide, right? It's not for, it's not for me to decide how you should grieve losing three people in your life. Um, Maybe the way you grieve is, I don't know, curling up on the couch with a dog and binging on Netflix. Um, Or maybe it's getting your feet out in the grass and doing some grounding and really working on you. Um, But that's not for me to judge. And, And when we all put those judgy hats on, it is really an ugly world. Mm -hmm. Um, so if, if we all can just realize we all wear different hats, but none of them are, like you said, none of them are more important. Um, if the, the janitor at the high school is as important as the principal, because I'm telling you, if that janitor didn't show up for two days, Ooh, we'd have a problem, right? Um, so yeah, you know, I, I, I just like to warn people, be careful of that. Be careful of that judgy. Um, but also be careful judging yourself. Yes. Um, we are we, our worst critics. We get, we get lost in the should have's would have's could have's, um, and we should all over ourselves. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think we just need to give ourselves grace, um, and understand. I remember somebody had said to me when my mom was really sick and, Um, I'm an only child. So I had to make a lot of the decisions all on my own. And they kept telling me, Oh, Lisa, you just need to be strong. You need to be strong. You need to be strong and you need to, and I just looked at them all and I said, I don't know what your version of strong is, but let me tell you what I think strong looks like. Strong looks like today I had to make some really tough decisions for my mom. And I went home and I had that big snot rolling, sobbing cry curled up in the corner, that's what strong looked like because I needed to release that so that tomorrow I can get up and have room in my heart and in my head to make more decisions. So when when we see people who we think are being weak, right, and being vulnerable, that's the strongest they can, that's, that is showing so much strength and so much bravery. And I think if we all can find it within ourselves to share that vulnerability and not always put on a mask of being okay. Um, I think the world just would be a better place. Um, you know, now that's my, that's my presidential campaign. I don't know. (laughs) I, uh, I love that. And I love the reminder because, you know, I did talk about, you know, losing my dad a little bit, but what happened was, I went quiet and, um, 
you know, even that, that holding company I was working with, the guy who runs it, you know, when I was, I was super depressed and the, the job itself was not what I thought I had signed up for. And so then losing my dad, I was even more depressed, like being in that space. And he looked at me one day, he's like, you've been real depressing lately. And it was like, I was like, yeah, cause you know, I lost my dad. He's like, well, even a little before. And I said, yeah, because this is not what I thought it was going to be, you know, and now I'm grieving and, and stressed out about this job. And, you know, and so from there, what do you do? You end up going inward and you stop showing up and you feel like no one's going to listen to you or hear you. And even when I lost my dad, like I was already doing some other things where people was like, you're not showing up. And it's like, I, I can't, but you won't understand it because I'm going through it and you haven't been through this. And I gave them the grace and compassion was like, okay, fine. That's because you just don't understand. Um, but at the end of the day, one thing I really learned was during that quiet period, um, I really learned to risk, I already respect myself a lot, but I learned to grow and to respect myself more because it just became the space of what do you need? Let's make it all about you right now. Since nobody else can seem to hold that space for you. What do you need? Yep. If it's canceling half your meetings and pissing people off, well, so be it. If it's not showing up, if it's losing clients, whatever, it's going to have to be that because at the end of the day, nobody's worried about you. And yep. it was okay. It was okay for that space. And then as I lost my grandpa um, and then my mm. stepmom just a few months ago, um, uh, it was, let me talk. Let me express. Let me, now that I know that I need to talk and express and let people know that I'm having a shit day, like it, yep. it, it's become that. And so the sharing has become a great deal of caring, not just for myself, but my community. So that way they can understand that we're, we all feel that. But then while I'm feeling that, I'm going to have to let you guys know. So that way you understand why I'm showing up the way I'm showing up or why I'm canceling or why I am I might ramble on and sound crazy today or, you know, why I might shut myself away for a day or two to ground down. And, yep. and so just creating the opportunity for because I talk about, I talk about it openly. You know, I've tried to kill myself a few times, especially as a kid. I lost my brother at a very young age. I lost my brother at 14. The year later, my dad actually almost strangled me to death. And, um, you know, life just really happened. And at a very young age, I was just over it. And like many people, I was molested at like many people. Um, I was raped. There was just like a plethora of things that at a young age, you just kind of get fed up and tired with. And I've just, um, I talk about it because, even in my women's group that I host every month around the full moon, we talked about it in the last circle and you just, again, you realize everybody's been in that space. And with losing my stepmom, my dad, my grandpa, I was in that space again, where I was just like, I just want to drive off a cliff. Let's just go have a good time. And uh, for me, you know, I've been in death's arms before and, and people find it crazy when I say it, but when you go to die, there's a lot of peace. I know that because I've experienced it. And when you experience that peace and you have to come back to this craziness of a world, <laughs> you go, whoa, I kind of miss the piece that comes with that. So um, for me, like I try to remind people like it's worth living no matter how unhappy, but you can only live when one, you're nurturing yourself and then letting people know where you're at and then filling the space with people, like you said in your testimony, filling the space with people who care and who will show right. up 
and be there and let you be a hot ball of mess. My good friend Andrew has let me snot up his pant leg so many times for me to lay my head on his on his leg and crying and bawling my eyes out. And yep. you know, we end up laughing because there's nothing but snot and I, you know, water down my face and 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 it breaks that moment. But I also have cried for 30 minutes and felt held and understood and seen and uh, didn't drive off the cliff like I wanted to. Yep. And so, you know, leaning into community for for love and support is the absolute most, but then respecting people who can't hold the space and finding people who can hold the space. And it doesn't mean you have to stop being friends with people who can't hold the space, but maybe, you know, when you come back to them, you guys are in two different spaces and now they can hold more space. And now right. you don't, you know, now you can lean into them. And I, I kind of experienced this last year. And so really just I keep saying it. And it's funny because the conversations roll from one podcast to another where the sharing is caring and it's kind of the same, but leaning into this balancing act of the, of this life, you know, you're constantly balancing between the high issue you're trying to be and maybe the stress of the life that you're in. And then you're trying to balance your relationships, all of the different kinds. And in balancing that, you're trying to meet people where you're at and you're, they're at. And all you can do is just let everything be and try not to be too attached to the outcomes and the expectations and, you know, the pre-programmed societal standards yeah. and just know that it's, it's okay. And it will all work out in the long run. Yeah, it's exactly what you said um, about the holding space. You know, you, you have to get to a point that first and foremost, I think you need to hold your own space and and figure out what that looks like. And, and like you said, um, understand that there are different relationships that you are tied to, that that space is going to look differently. And, um, you know, you have to, you have to determine a couple of different things. One is that space worth holding with them or for them. Um, understanding it's, I like to count it as like a bank account. You have to make deposits and withdrawals okay. in a relationship. And if one person's always making withdrawals and the other person's always making the deposits, you need to be careful with those, no matter which side of that you're on. Um, and, and you also need to just get to a point where you can go, okay, so we can be friends, we can be acquaintances, we can still be family, right? Cause, cause that's where a lot of us get in the weeds is we think we need to do things for our family and let them walk all over us. And, and you don't, we need to get to a point in our life where you go, okay, this is the relationship I'm going to have with you. We're not going to talk about maybe it's politics, <laughs> right? Or, or there's some people in, in my family, I'm not going to share my deep, dark worries or dreams or those types of things, but mm -hmm. I'm going to still hold space for them for where they're at. It's just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to share my deepest with them and that's okay. And, and we also need to understand that I think there's often we need to protect our I like to put up my bowl of my positive energy vibe. And I know that there's people who are going to come into my life that don't have good vibes, um, but I can't let that vibe totally change who I am. So I literally put on my funnel 
and I let their, their vibes, I'm very visual. So I just let their vibes come in through the top and go out down through the bottom of my funnel and go, okay, I understand that's where they're at right now in their life. And we've all been there, done that, but I cannot take that on. Um, I can be here to listen to you, but, but I can't, mm-hmm. I can't take all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, I mean, I'm so, so I do want to tell you, thank you for being here. You are an amazing woman. Um, what you have gone through is sharing and you're sharing with so many and bringing a light to all of us. Um, so if I was sitting there with you right now, I would give you a big, big hug and, uh, cause I'm a hugger, whether people like it or not. So yeah. when I meet you in person next week, I'll be giving you a hug, just share, just fair warning. Um, but, but thank you for having, um, your good friend that you can snot on his pant leg <laughs> and share because that is so that is so important when you're, when you're talking about that, I was on a women's retreat with a bunch of ladies that I kind of knew, um, about a year ago. And I shared some very, very deep things with those women that I've never shared with anybody. And, um, it ended up bringing me so much closer to one of the the women in particular, her name is Meredith, because she shared with me that it's something that happened to her when she was young as well. And it was something that at that point I hadn't even shared with my husband. Mm. Um, And she gave me the space to snot cry. And I've got a picture of the two of us. And, and by no means is it the most like appealing picture to most people, but we, we've got, you know, mascara running and we've got big red eyes and our makeup's all cried off, but it's this, um, best picture to me because it shows the two of us just raw and it it just brought us together and I think that's what people need to to understand is by you sharing your story by me sharing my story doesn't mean we are hey hey look at me I came from this and this is where I am but what it does do is hopefully it lets other people know that they're not alone. We've all been through those same similar things. Um, and by sharing them and by talking about them, it allows other people to share their vulnerability as well, to move forward and, you know, to, to find, to find your people, um, yeah. no matter what that, that looks like. Um so, yeah. Well, I appreciate being on and uh, I'm just so, I, you know, I'm working with a guy running for mayor of Gastonia right now. And, you know, one of the first thing he said to me is, you know, Lauren, I've got something in my past and, and I, I love this. I well, me too. Me too. And I love that what God's doing for me is bringing people who literally have the same, who have been through some of the same exact things. I mean, to a T, some of the same exact things. Mm. Reminding me that no matter what your background, like God will use you more than he will use even the billionaire because the testimony of your life um, is, is really uh, God's gift. And um, I'm just so grateful to connect with so many of you lately who, 
who just remind me that I'm not alone and that, um, and that we all have medicine to share. And so Lisa, I don't know if you have any events going on. I don't know if you, you know, if you have anything special that you want to put out there for anybody, if you have programs or coaching or anything that you'd like to promote at the moment, but I always give the space for you guys to, you know, just anything. That's so sweet of you. Thank you. I wasn't prepared to answer that. Um, <laughs> you know, I do have um, my passion business. Um, and, and really what that is, is that is in the education side of hemp-based wellness. Um, there's a lot of hype out there at the moment. A lot of people think it's a end all to be all to cure all. Um, it can be a answer to prayer for a lot of people. Um, but it is truly um, a buyer beware industry out there right now. So it is my passion to educate people. I do educational sessions um, at least twice a month. And I'm um, having one here in my home this week, Wednesday. Um, I've got a couple of more in the works. I don't have the details on those yet. I'm happy to share those with you. But um, if there is anybody out there, you know, that is looking for a resource, um, of someone who's going to give you a no nonsense, uh, straight shooter, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to things around, um, mental health, helping you feel your best, um, you know, whether you're struggling with pain, inflammation, Oh, sleep, girlfriend, that'd be me. Anxiety, that would be me. I'm just going to keep raising my hands here. But it is truly my passion to help people um, in that aspect. And, you know, I'm I'm here. I'm here for that. Um, and I'm not here to make financial dollars off of it. If it happens along with it, great. But my passion is to truly help people understand what they're looking for and what to purchase and what not um, to purchase. And, you know, I'm just, I'm also just here to kind of bring some light into the world. And I can't wait to meet you next week at the, the circle. I'm so excited. Um, and to meet some other, um, like-ish minded, cause I don't like to hang out with just like-minded, right. Um, yeah. but kind of people with that same, same journey. I can't wait. So thank you so very much for having me on today. It's been a, just a, just a blessing. It's been, um, um, it's just really filled my cup today. So thank you. Thank you for being here. And, um, I just putting it out there for everyone listening. If you have a story or you have, you know, a business topic or a life spiritual topic that you're interested in talking about, my podcast is open to you. So please feel free to reach out to me and I am dual purposing my podcast. I want to maximize my, my love and support in my communities and um, everyone who's on the podcast has already been told about this and some of them are supporting, but even the listeners, I'm, I'm, I work on a few nonprofit boards and one of them is canine companions. They are a dog training company that supports veterans and kids with autism. They've got an opportunity to work on 200 acres in Arizona, but they're, they need funding to house more dogs, train them, feed them and all the things for these veterans who need love and support. And so the link will be in the uh, description below, along with Lisa's um, uh, social, uh, one of her social media. So you can connect with her as well. And uh, you know, if you feel like donating, please donate um, a little bit goes a long way. And if we all support each other, 
truth and we all rise together. And so, um, Lisa, again, thank you so much for being here. I look forward to seeing you next week. And yes. for all the listeners, I love and appreciate your time that you put in. Um, and I just look forward to having more of you on the show. So keep your ears out. There's a lot more to come. Have a blessed day. Good day. Thank you.